0: This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff.
1: And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live.
0: We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues.
1: And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them.
0: Today on The Analysis, Mark, we're going to talk about this idea of grace and truth, and I want to be able to put it in a cultural context as well, and so let's consider the baker in Colorado who is in the news again regarding the idea of standing with his conviction. How do we end up at the U.S. Supreme Court? That's, it's a long story. I'm Jack Phillips, and this is Masterpiece Cake Shop. We're in Lakewood, Colorado. I want to live my life as though Jesus Christ were with me all the time, because He is. But I want to live in a way that honors Him in everything that I do. I serve everybody who comes in the door. I may not make that cake, but the person who comes in is always welcome. Same thing with these two gentlemen that came in. I serve everybody. I just don't make cakes for every event. When I was thinking about grace and truth, It brought to mind this blog that I was reading on Kevin DeYoung, and he says this. I think it's a good point. He says, if you are a grace person, you're most concerned about being loved. If you are a truth person, you're most concerned about being right, even if it means being unloved. Both have their dangers. Something is wrong if everyone hates you, and something is probably just as wrong if everyone loves you. So today as we discuss this matter, how should we consider the idea of being filled with grace and truth?
1: I think there's a, uh, a definite side choosing that people tend to fall on when we start talking grace and truth, that in any given situation or circumstance, um, we tend to think, I need to approach this with grace. Or I need to approach this with truth, and we don't. We don't. Maybe have a category that says I can approach every circumstance I'm facing with grace and truth uh, in play, and and not only. And if we do, it's it's kind of like, well, this circumstance, I'm going to share the truth, but because of this person or because of this relationship, I'm going to I'm going to extend a lot of grace. And some truth. And in another circumstance, we would say, "Well, this is this is against a core conviction I have. I'm going to stand strong on this. I'm going to express the truth. But I want to be like Jesus, so I'm also going to be gracious." And and I think there's a, a misunderstanding of the fact that Jesus is said to come to us in John chapter one, full of grace and truth. And he's full of them. He's full of both. And so if our goal is to become Christ-like, then we're trying to grow to the point that we approach a circumstance where we can be full of grace and truth. Not, I'm going to be graceful in this circumstance, I'm going to be truthful in this circumstance, or I'm going to be a measure of both. But that I want to approach each situation, each person, full of grace and truth. And you know, so you stop and look at a circumstance like the the baker in Colorado, like like you mentioned, and we we listen to that. Um, man, he, you want him to stand for truth as as a as a as a evangelical Christian. I want truth told. Um, I, I want I want truth stood for. I want truth to rule and to reign. Um, and and yet. We're dealing with people who need the grace of Jesus Christ. And the people that are attacking him need the grace of Jesus Christ. And so how do you approach them full of grace and full of truth at the same time? It doesn't mean they'll receive it in both ways. But how do we... We can only control what we do and how we approach something, not how it gets received.
0: Yeah, this reminds me of so many things I'm thinking about. Proverbs and how it instructs us how we should approach the full, and implying that the full is just meaning someone who is without knowledge of God. And it gives you two different circumstances. You know, one will receive the instruction and listen and, you know, keep talking to him, but the other will not. And so don't keep continuing a situation. If it's going to be someone who's really not willing to listen, you want to extend that grace and full of truth, and 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 think that you're being able to get somewhere. But it really, really reminds me of Nathan and David.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, David was having an affair, yeah. and God instructed Nathan to go and and show him his wrong ways and he yeah. shows him through a parable. Right. And he doesn't shrink back from speaking the truth and David is what?
1: Well he's first he's angry, right, over out of the story. Like, yeah. People can't behave that way. But then he becomes very repentant when he realizes wait, that's the same sin I've committed on a grander scale.
0: Yeah, and, and, and David has this prestige job. Yeah. I mean, Nathan doesn't shrink back and go, oh, well, he's the king. I probably shouldn't do what God's right. instructing me to do. Instead, his view of God is so big yeah. that he recognizes that what man needs is truth. Yeah. And within that truth, he can be graceful because God is with him. Yeah. And I, I think that sometimes when we're dealing with situations, we tend to fall on the side or err on the side of rehashing things in our mind mm-hmm. and going through things in our mind before we actually approach a situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's, it's absent from wisdom.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's
0: absent from, from God. And so what's really the goal in the situation? And I think for this baker, you know, the goal is to glorify God. Right. He doesn't want to do something that's going to praise a situation that he's not in agreement with. But if it was a cake for something else, would he bake it for him? Probably. Right. It, it, it's not the person; it's the celebration of the idea. And right. sometimes we don't necessarily know what goal we're trying to pursue. And we we have to remember to be full of grace and truth is is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to glorify God. So so what are we doing in that?
1: Yeah, and and that's that's a good reminder. When we say Jesus is full of grace and truth, and we're going to go there, we get there through the Holy Spirit. So it's got to be the Holy Spirit working in us. We're, we're never going to, on our own, act with complete grace and act with complete truth and do both of those with pure motives and and, and and sincere abilities. But if we'll rely on the Holy Spirit and we'll keep at the forefront the main goal, like how do I glorify God out of this circumstance? What will bring Him the most glory and honor? Um, and, and then rely on the Holy Spirit. We can respond in both grace and truth we can we can state what the truth is and do it in gracious ways and i I love you talking about proverbs and and just thinking about there there are there are times that it doesn't help to continue any engagement conversation or debate on a subject there's times that it just doesn't it doesn't need to continue because you're, you're speaking to a person whose eyes are blinded about the truth Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that, all you can do is rely on the Holy Spirit to open their eyes. And more conversation won't necessarily do that. And man, that's art. It's frustrating to be trying to communicate to somebody. And, and you be able to see it so clearly. And they can't see it at all. And you're just, you're just it's like you want to pound it into them. Come on, can't you see this? And, and, and they can't. And, and it's, it becomes frustrating. And I think that's when we then lose that graciousness. Because we we then are beginning to respond out of emotion about it, rather mm-hmm. than I, I'm going to see you the way God sees you. I'm going to love you the way God loves you mm-hmm. in, in this circumstance. But it, it it gets hard.
0: Yeah, And you know, Second Corinthians four four says that the God of this world blinds the eyes of man, right? Right. And so, so true that when we're dealing or when we're talking to people that we recognize, you know what. I'm going to be able to plant seeds here. I'm going to be able to have discussion. But at the end of the day, I have to realize that it is not for me to win something here. Mm. Um, I want to influence in such a way that Christianity can be more and more exposed. And I mean, when you think about it, obviously in our jobs, we we have authorities. If you're in a political job, there's authorities. If you're in a business job, there's authorities. And we have so many, we have so much reach, right? And so we want to be able to influence in the most way that we have the opportunity. Right. And when we're doing that, <clears throat> if we lose sight of the idea that we're, we're planting seeds and God is growing all of this, then I think that's when we move away from really being able to fully have grace, to fully have truth. We can extend truth. What does it say a gentle answer turns away wrath? Right. You know, being graceful is is treating someone the way that you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. It's extending something that that is not necessarily deserved. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's the key. Yeah. yeah, we want to extend grace when we feel like um, people are receptive to us or they are beginning to to be swayed by our thoughts. But that's not. Then they're they're earning our kindness right we're yeah. we're making them earn kindness from us i'll treat you kindly when you begin to yield and compromise to my thoughts or opinions and grace is it's undeserved and so extending grace when when it's not deserved when they're still being harsh when somebody's still being mean or when they're they're just unwilling to listen man that that's a difficult place and and doing that and 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 extending that grace but holding the conviction i think that becomes the challenge because it it almost feels like you have to go well now for me to extend grace to you i've got to back off my conviction side i've Mm -hmm. got to pull back on truth and i'll just be nice i'll start Mm -hmm. being nice to you but i won't necessarily be truthful with you Mm um and that's that's not that's not real grace. Real grace has to contain truth. I think that's why Jesus came full of grace and truth. It's not it's not gracious to somebody to let them be treated kindly but not confronted with a sinful thought or a sinful behavior or a sinful attitude because that sin has to be covered by grace.
0: Yeah, and it, you know it reminds me of an example someone gave me one time. They said, you know, if if somebody had cancer, and they were dying, mm-hmm. and they went into the doctor's office, would it be graceful, you know, full of grace for the doctor to say, Hey, you know what, I know you really are <laughs> not feeling so good, but I I just want to be able to tell you all the good things about life, and the good things about you, and the good yeah. things about... And uh, he gives them no truth.
1: Yeah. You
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, I heard that example one time and as they were unfolding it, and I thought, hmm, that's interesting. I, I mean, you want a doctor to tell you truth. Yeah. But you don't want a doctor to tell you truth harshly. Right. You want them to go in and, and be, have compassion and understanding and all of those things. Yeah. And uh, I think that that's where we really see the emulation of, of Christ yeah you know
1: yeah and and you watch it play out if if you'll read the gospels and and read the parables, uh read stories of him interacting with sinners, you find Jesus uh moving among those that are sinning and unrighteous so easily, and he was always accused by the Pharisees of associating with the sinners, and that that somehow demeaned him. And he, he continued to hold the standard of the, the healthy don't need a physician. So he moved among them easily, but he, he, didn't, he didn't let sinners off the hook, but he let his life be in theirs and then called them to go and sin no more. Um, and balancing that is so difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, because um, we want to pull ourselves out of the world where there's worldly influence and where there's, there's uh, the opportunity to be drawn off to temptation. And and, and, we, and, and I think we do this as a, as a, as a Christian group sometimes. We, we want to pull everybody away from the world, and then we pound truth into them, and then want to launch them back into the world <laughs> you know, and go make a difference and have an impact. And Jesus just moved in the world so easily not accepting of it, not behaving in it, not 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 doing any worldly things. But he moved in the world so easily and and yet had, obviously, the standard of perfection. And figuring out how to do that is hard because I want to protect my children and myself from worldly influence.
0: Mm-hmm. And yet
1: I want to be in the world and have an impact. And to do that, you've got to be full of grace and truth.
0: Yeah. And it. I was thinking about a post I saw the other day, and, and also it reminds me of what Jesus said, you know, if you're going to follow me, what happens? You die to yourself, you take up your cross, and you follow him. Right. And And so that really gives the idea that we're not to remove ourselves from those convictions. But what I read the other day is, it is impossible to be converted to Christ while at the same time loving your sin. Hmm. It is true that anyone who comes to Christ will come with sin. In fact, he or she will come precisely because of that sin. That is to be rid of it and its awful result. But to come to Christ while loving and cherishing sin is totally impossible. It is like an airplane trying to fly in two directions. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus really helped people see that you really can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you fly in one direction in a plane, right? Yeah. You, you can't have both and. he He helped people be able to be confronted by their sin and then deal with that and he was able to extend the grace in the midst of it listen i am your creator i I love my creation but i love you so much i'm not going to leave you here and sometimes in our culture and time we think we've removed the actual definition Of being loving and replaced it with I accept everything about you and that says I'm loving and that is just inconsistent with who Jesus is. Well that's all the time we have for today and we just thank you guys for listening and hope that you continue to find yourself in a Bible-believing church and taking up your cross daily and following Christ full of grace and truth.